This morning's reading is taken from Matthew chapter 9. It can be found on page 974 of the Church Bibles, beginning at verse 35. Jesus went through the towns and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every, di- every disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless. Because, like sheep without a shepherd, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. This is the word of the Lord. Harvest time brings different meanings to different people. Traditionally, in the Western Church, we decorate our churches with the bounty harvested from fields locally, and we thank God for his unfailing goodness. We praise God for his ongoing provision and for his unfailing love. But it can also be a time for solemn prayer, for intervention during drought or famine. In the Old Testament, rain was a blessing and drought was a curse, quite literally. And in the book of Deuteronomy, God proclaims that if Israel obeys the laws, the Lord will open for you his bounteous store. The heavens will provide rain for your land in season. A wonderful promise. Disobedience, however, will have the opposite effect. The skies above your head shall be copper and the earth under you iron. The Lord will make the rain of your land dust, and sand shall drop on you from the sky until you're wiped out. It's a bit dreary, isn't it? But to the ancient Israelites, there was no such thing really as nature as we understand it today. No such thing as chance. If things were good, it's because God was happy. And if things were going badly, it's because God was upset. And for a natural catastrophe like famine... The sin had to either lie with the entire people or the monarchs who represented them. And it was the task of the prophets and the oracles to determine the cause of the divine wrath. Today, that anxiety has been overcome. So it's good in one way. But in recent years, with the introduction of industrialization and the ability to move produce from country to country, the harvest message has been weakened. If I can't go and get Wexford potatoes in any particular year due to a bad season, I can simply skip into my local store in Lidl and get certified organic potatoes from Malta. And this way of living is affecting our world. Local produce is not as important in the mindset of people as it used to be. And that affects not only local markets, but it can dilute our sense of meaning and our awareness of being grateful to God. In Jesus' time, local harvest was very important. As we've just seen, if the rain didn't fall, people would go hungry. According to Oxfam today, the world stands on the brink of unprecedented famine. 
about 30 million people are experiencing alarming hunger, severe food levels, insecurity, malnutrition in northeastern Nigeria, South Sudan, Somalia, Yemen. 10 million people are facing emergency conditions. And famine is already happening in parts of northern Nigeria, while Yemen and Somalia are on the brink. In Maui, Sudan, Afghanistan, the Dominican Republic of Congo, and Syria, millions of people do not have enough food. Millions of people do not have enough food to feed their family. Jesus uses the metaphor of harvest to suggest that if there is a field ready to be reaped, and if no one does the work, the produce will be wasted, and this will have severe consequences for the people. Now, while Jesus is talking about harvesting people for Christ, the link to real hunger lies in the work of the Holy Spirit. You see, if humans accept Jesus as Christ and as their Savior, then we're promised that the Holy Spirit will reign within us and will transform us from the inside out. And should that happen, we then become more Christ-like. That's his promise. And as we learned last week, when we become more like Christ, when we become more compassionate, we also develop a natural desire to help others. It's natural to help others, to care for God's created earth, the earth with which he was well pleased. Humans have a habit of destroying good things because of our sinful nature. But then we are transformed by the Holy Spirit. We become new creations. The old is gone. The new comes in. And we often fail to realize that Christ depends on us as the new to proclaim his message of good news. And the passage today that Peter read underscores the idea that Jesus, despite sharing the power of his Father in heaven, he relies also on us, his followers, to assist him to carry out his mission on earth. And even back in Jesus' time, the metaphor of harvest emphasized the urgency and the magnitude of the work that remains to be done in alleviating suffering. Heidi spoke about that providing for the needy and evangelizing to those who have not yet heard the message of Jesus Christ. The question posed at the end of the passage challenges us to reflect on whether we share Jesus' compassion for those in need. Are we actively participating in the mission of Jesus by addressing issues like poverty, homelessness, lack of education, and what often gets missing and diluted, the need for evangelism. Essentially, the passage calls on us to examine our commitment as disciples, living our faith through acts of compassion and service to others. As Christians, we have a divine mandate to proclaim the message of salvation to those who do not know Christ. Yesterday, I had the privilege of being at the uh, Agape 50th anniversary celebration. It was a wonderful day. Um, and this essential truth was mentioned time and time again with David and his group as people were coming up and talking about how they would not have known Christ had it not been for one individual who just said, by the way, do you know Jesus? The amazing impact of one person 
has on another when they sit down in a cafe and ask, are you aware of your need for Christ? Our harvest passage today highlights the significance of this command, serving as a reminder of our duty to engage in the harvest and to share our faith. Let's look back at our text this morning in Matthew 9.35 where it's written, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. Jesus spoke in the synagogues because there was a need to hear the good news. Synagogues were supposed to be the places where that good news and where God's relationship with humanity ought to have been preached, but the leaders had become very busy observing rules and regulations, so much so that they forgot who God was. And at least we mock today, many of us probably are doing the same thing. Going through the motions, perhaps not allowing the Holy Spirit to come into our lives and lead us where we need to be led. And in Matthew's account, people were desperate for hope. They were desperate for a new message. So much so that when Jesus arrived in these towns and villages, he was moved with compassion. Why? Because people were sick and they were harassed. Some translations suggest that people were weary to the point of exhaustion and fainting. And this is the imagery portrayed to show how people were hungry and weary. But the hunger referred to is not about bread and water. It is about the lack of spiritual food of life that only God can provide. Jesus wanted his disciples to understand the message and so he refers to the scriptures where he likens the crowd to scattered sheep, which alludes to Ezekiel 34, 12. And those listening to the message would have understood the reference back to the time when their ancestors, the children of Israel, were held captive in Babylon. They were taken from their home and they were scattered. There was no leader to raise them up, no kind of David, no Solomon. And all they could do was sit by the banks of the rivers of Babylon and recall their lost home and yearn for a day when they would return. And here Ezekiel says, recall God's promise. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. Here in Matthew, people remain scattered like sheep without a shepherd, and this is despite the fact that the whole city was surrounded by scribes and priests and Pharisees, but there was no one who cared for people's souls. And when sheep are scattered, what happens? They're exposed to danger. The spiritual leaders of the day, they weren't too concerned with the human element of caring for individuals and loving neighbors. Their goal was ritual observance and fulfillment of moral duties. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. But he says in this passage he cannot do this work in his own. He creates another story where he describes the harvest going to waste due to the lack of reapers. The crop is neglected because the reapers... The Pharisees and the scribes were failing in their duty to proclaim the good news of God's provision and his covenantal promises to his people. Make no mistake, people possibly were hungry at the time, both physically and spiritually. 
And yet no one had compassion on them. Jesus was unique. He visited them. He visited the weary, the oppressed, and he went to the poorer regions. He understood their distress and their need for food, physical and spiritual. And it is indeed because of their miserable condition that Jesus asked to send laborers into the field. Jesus described the crowd as harassed and helpless. There were people who were defeated by life's struggles. They were broken, and life lacked meaning and purpose. They wandered aimlessly, devoid of hope, devoid of meaning. And to truly comprehend the urgency, we must feel what Jesus felt. He was overwhelmed by his love for people. He recognized the vastness of the crowd, the complexity of their problems, but he also realized the immediacy, the immediacy of now trying to reach them. And so in response, Jesus declared, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord, he says. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So unlike the Pharisees who saw the common people as expendable, Jesus viewed them as a harvest to be saved. And this underscores a major truth. The harvest depends on the presence of reapers. Jesus needs you and I to gather the harvest and we must see people as Jesus did, as abundant, as precious, as perplexed, but most importantly, as perishing. And I can hardly think of a more poignant and compelling demonstration of our Lord's compassion for the state of people. It is so great that he actively seeks the empathy of his disciples and asks for their companionship in prayer. Before him, Jesus sees a profound need and he declares that it is the disciples themselves who are most suitable to address it. And here is the most understated ask in the New Testament. Before engaging in the harvest, Jesus asks his disciples to pray. Pray to the Lord to be empowered for the task. Prayers should focus on the accomplishment of the work, irrespective of whether they're the ones to execute it or not. The laborer's job is to witness lives transformed and brought to Christ. We must view the harvest with the same intensity as Jesus did, perhaps now more than ever. In Jesus' time, the world population stood at approximately 150 million. Today, the global population surpasses 7 billion. The vastness of the harvest is bigger than ever before, and we have a major opportunity to harvest souls for Christ. And the way to do it is through compassion. His love for people, then and now, is immeasurable. In another instance, Jesus instructs his followers in John to open your eyes and look at the fields because they are ripe for harvest. Ripened wheat turns golden, but delayed reaping causes it to wither and fall. Describing the fields as white underscores the urgency of acting before it's too late. This notion that people are living lives of quite desperation holds true today. Our world hungers 
not only for food, but for purpose. And yet, for the most part, many are disheartened by falsehoods. Many thread a path that Jesus referred to as the broad road. And the broad road only leads to destruction. In a world teeming with souls, the urgency is evident. And our actions can make a profound difference. Our work as a community with the storehouse is just at the tip of the iceberg. We not only need to support people's physical hunger, we desperately need to address the spiritual hunger. It is very evident in our world today. Just look at the news headlines. One of the things, David, that I heard yesterday is, you know, how embarrassing it is to go and profess Christ as Savior. It's okay to go out and peddle drugs. It's okay to fall around drunken Temple Bar on a Saturday night. It's okay to be who you want to be. But it's not okay to preach Christ. Something wrong about that. In our world teeming with souls, our actions can make a profound difference. Our work as a community with the storehouse is only the tip because we also need to support people in more ways than just feeding them. We need to view people as Jesus did. We need to assume responsibility. We need to pray fervently. We need to act decisively. And we need absolutely 100% to proclaim Christ tirelessly. Tirelessly. So our ask this morning from Christ remains the same as it did in Matthew. Let us heed the call for an abundant harvest of souls. Because not only is it priceless, it's also vanishing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father,